everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 462, recording today, Wednesday, the 7th of September. Kind of the end of summer. Hate to admit it, but it looks like it kind of is. Although it's quite warm today. I did this last week, didn't I? I went on about the weather. I promise I won't do that. Anyway, this is the podcast that is dedicated to music production, recording, uh, programming, beats, software, synthesizers, live production, live sound, playing live, anything in that kind of the sphere of performing or recording music with a slant towards electronic and synthesizers and that sort of thing, as is the kind of general flavour of Sonic State. If you're interested in finding out more about this, uh, either head to sonicstate.com or just subscribe to our YouTube channel. There will be a button around there somewhere, which you could do. Always welcome. Uh, We're streaming live today on Wednesday uh, the 7th, as I've said, uh, from 4pm. This is every Wednesday that we generally go. Uh, If you're watching via YouTube, you're probably seeing the live chat room that there is there. But we've also got our own chat room, which is a separate server, sonicstate.com forward slash live. So you can flip between the two and watch uh, both of them. I try and keep an eye on both of them, but as you can understand, I probably won't be able to pay complete attention to that uh, just because, you know, I've got a show to produce and and, and present. But anyway, thank you for joining us. I want to say thank you very much to our sponsors as well. Isotope uh, will be bringing you news of the Vocal Synth plugin. And also, uh, remember, there's a competition. Uh, they uh, gave... Uh, a copy away last week so we'll be finding out who the winner for that is and we'll also be running another competition this week this is the way that it's done anyway let's get on to our guests uh we'll start with well we've got a, a new and improved ty unwin uh who's a music and film composer uh, does a lot of work in fact he's so busy it's very rare we get to see him but as you may have regularly uh, viewers may realize uh, his internet connection has been a bit dodgy but we've solved the problem right ty we have solved the problem. Anyone that's looking at going and buying Sky Q, just be aware that it can screw around with your internet speed and general connection woes. Yeah, it's um, it's trying to kind of figure out what it was that suddenly made me turn into Max Headroom constantly, and um, we found it. It's Sky yeah. Q. So the it seems is, to interrupt, doesn't it? They interrupt the, the like, like I'm doing at the moment, in fact. But I'm not. Now you're to Blumenthal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it messes up with the Wi-Fi network, which is who who knew? Because it forms its own network, it screws up your normal network and slows everything down. It's an absolute pain. So at the moment, we have every time that I do Sonic State, we have no TV. So that's wow. fine. That's fine. You're, you're doing your bit for kind of, uh, I don't know. Environment, yeah. Yes, or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it at that. <laughs> anyway, Ty, great to have you aboard. Always a pleasure. And, of course, we have Mr. Gaz Williams there in Bristol in his uh, Garrett studio, where I think uh, last time we spoke, you'd just be finishing off an album. Uh, I, I guess you probably haven't had time to finish off another one since then, but um, presumably you have been busy. Uh, just finishing another one at the moment, actually. Wow. Uh, but um, yeah, gosh, there's still a lot to do on that one. Um, but yeah, nice to be here. Actually, after a quite slow news, it's all gone a bit interesting again within a It's week. crazy, isn't it? I mean, you think yeah. about it, it's like, you know, aug- July and August, we're kind of struggling to find things to say. And then suddenly, <laughs> you know, it's kind there's of, oh, we say. have to make, yeah, there's no, loads suddenly there's say. loads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Gaz, uh, gazwilliams.me is where you can find out what Gaz is up to uh, if he ever updates his site. But being a busy man that he is, you know, you'll see the sort of thing that he gets into. And of course, Gaz, I think, uh, is coming over this week to do some review stuff, uh, which we might touch on a bit later because there's a, there's a kind of a subset of a topic there. Anyway, 
Let's say also welcome to Robbie Bronneman, who is in a new background. He's no longer in the sort of evil chair where he looked like he should hold a, a white cat. Uh, I think that was because he had a black background with uh, uh, you were recording an album uh, with uh, with a client. And, and I guess is that project now over? Are you? Uh... No, I'm actually I'm actually at his new house, and we're just finishing off the last two tracks. Right. So um yeah, so I'm just taking a little break this afternoon. Well, we haven't seen you for such a long time, apart from your face plastered all over the internet for the entire summer, but yeah. not actually to speak to. So, Robbie, yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, you've been involved in the Deep Mind project, and yeah. I saw you at Leeds uh, yeah. briefly. We didn't get to, you were out partying solo. Well, I don't know if it was solo or not, but I uh, didn't get to have a drink with you. But uh, we caught up during the day, and you've, uh, have, you got, have you got one? Have you got yeah, one? Yeah, I've got it, one. Be... I've got one, and uh, it's, um, I've been using it on this project. It's great. I'm really, really very happy with it. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Yeah, it's good. It's um, just a few little things that they're just trying to snag, but essentially I think it's pretty much ready to go. It's great. It's interesting. I mean, I had a little play with it in Leeds, and it feels like, um, you know, on the face of it, obviously you flip through presets, but starting from scratch, you know, you might think, oh, there's not much to it. But when you, but actually, you spend a lot more time with it and get deeper, you know, and you can, you can find that it, it, it takes a little bit of work to get the most of. Would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, it does. And um, I think the great thing is that the team behind it, they're so, they're so responsive to the, to the feedback that, you know, the people like myself have given. And those are the things that we talked about even at our first initial meeting they implemented. Things like I wanted to see a, a limited polyphony mode so that you could recreate things like Jupiter or Juno sounds with the proper note stealing, you know, so you could take it down from 12. And they, they implemented all these modes for doing all that and, you know, all sorts of things about the, the menu structures. They, you know, they're just very open to hearing from real musicians about how they can make the product better. So I think it bodes very well for a future, you know, product line, I think. Yeah, and my, well, that's my, my sound is preset number zero zero on it, so yeah. Has has that ever happened before? Yeah, You've got no. preset word. Whoa, no, wow, that, that, that's that's ticked off the bucket <laughs> you I had. Wow, nice one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, is that that distorted pad thing that you were talking about? Yeah. Was it in the effects video? Yeah, yes. That, yeah, that one. Yeah, the one Ooh. that I picked up in the first half an hour of having a go on the very early prototype. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was uh, which was originally called Fat Twelve, I believe, wasn't it? Which is yeah. uh, perhaps P-H- perhaps P H A T Twelve, yeah. Yes. So well, at least it, at least it wasn't thankful that's moved from that. And at least it wasn't two T's because that's that's really going too far, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> anyway welcome robbie uh, welcome everybody um so we should cra- i mean because as we said at the beginning of the show i mean there are just so so many uh, things going on at the moment we touched on a little bit of it last week uh, i i should also say we did i say we were going to have tara bush but i'm not sure if he's coming on she might join us later she's in sound check so it's a little bit you know sketchy as to timing anyway let's get on with uh get on with the show i mean this is we i think we mentioned this briefly last week this is the uh, news of the new spectrosonic instrument We are super excited to introduce you guys to something that we've been working on for over 10 years. Keyscape is an epic virtual instrument that features the largest selection of collector keyboards in the world. 
The process began with going to the ends of the earth to find and restore each one of these rare and incredibly special instruments with the top technicians and expert craftsmen from each discipline. We even went as far as spending years redoing these instruments from scratch again and again until they were totally right. This insane attention to detail and meticulous care given to each instrument allowed us to develop these sounds to a whole new level of authentic tone and inspiring playability. After so many years of work, it was a huge thrill for our team to show Keyscape to some wonderful players and get their reactions. I won't play a lot because it's actually a half an hour video, which is pretty epic, really. Um, mm. But who knew? I mean, we were speculating last week it was going to be hardware. It was going to be this, that or the other. But actually, uh, there it is. It's a kind of a mechanical keyboard sample set, which sounds a bit. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking it down a little bit, but you know, into but done the Spectrasonics way. So, uh, who's thrilled? Who's excited? Who's disappointed? Uh, what do you think, uh, generally speaking? Who wants to go first? Hands up, please. <laughs> Gaz Williams, right yeah, there. Yeah, because I want to talk about that video. That's just like one of the best product videos I think I've ever seen. The way that they used those terrific personalities and different music and real wide range of musicians i just thought it was a very very smart move what a what a way to launch a product i thought uh you know they they're masters of that and uh you know this is essentially a rompler isn't it you know now i suppose you know and that's and that's become a bit of a dirty word in recent times. But at the, but when they're presented in such a convincing way, uh, what terrific marketing that is, I, I think. you know, And I'm sure it's going to be an absolutely brilliant product. Like, and the fact that you could then integrate it into the Omnisphere workflow is um, it's amazing. It's going to be extremely successful. But as I say, the personalities and the performances in that video was just so special. I just wanted to say, you know, I think they've done a terrific job with that. Yeah, well, it probably helps. I mean, Eric's based in L.A. and also, you know, used to hang with a lot of those kind of uh, top session dudes when he was working in studios and programming anyway. So he's got access to some great players. And it really, as you say, it is really, really good. I, I mean... I'm not so much in the market for these, but it, it sounds like there's just so much meticulous detail got in there. And also you can go get weird pretty quickly, as you can see by, uh, you know, some of the keyboard players are playing some really odd sounds. And it's that's the thing that's quite interesting. But so I think there's 36 kind of classic instruments and dual instruments and obviously the steam engine and all of that thing. I mean, you two guys, Robbie and uh, I guess Ty, if I come to you first, I mean, you know, in your world where you're having to have complete recallability, you need access to things, you know, it's, uh, in terms of, you know, film and composition, director wants to change the cue or whatever, you know, this sort of thing must be a godsend. Or have you got enough pianos and, and keyboards in your life? I Absolutely. But, you know, just like, just like Robbie, I mean, we're, we kind of, Omnisphere is a big part of our, our life really and just to be able to get these sample sets into omnisphere in itself will be amazing but i mean yeah i've i've got i'm really you know i'm i'm a pianist at, at heart you know that's my first instrument that's what you know I'm, I'm a proper player and so just coming back to what gaz said he's absolutely spot on the reason that, that is so impressive is the fact that these are these are pros these are players these are people that know how to utilize those sounds and make the most of those sounds and that's what sometimes a lot of these launches are missing they're missing people who can actually play people who 
you know, so many great synths what get demonstrated or, you know, launched with people who can play, who struggle to play two notes at a time. No disrespect to them as, you know, they're a different kind of musician. But for something like this, you need to have the players in there that can actually play. And and, and for that point, it's perfect. I also have to say, I was actually really disappointed when I first, because like everyone else, I'd been building up to it and really looking forward to it. And I was expecting the world. And... Um, and when they basically said it's a keyboard rumpler, essentially, I just thought, oh, great, 77 gig of instruments that I've already got. I don't even know how big my folder is of pianos and electric pianos and toy pianos. And, you know, I've got all of these. And then you actually see what they've done with it and the quality of it. And I went from being really disappointed to, you know, where do I, how quick I get it? You know, simple <laughs> as that. Because I, think, I think it's the absolute dog's bees and <laughs> just have all of those keyboards in one place knowing from this point onwards essentially if i want an electric piano or a real piano or whatever the chances are that's going to be my first port of call before i go into the contact libraries is amazing and at the end of the day spectrosonics are one of the best in the game at doing this and yeah. the fact that they've got all of those keys into 77 gig which i saw someone moaning about how you know, it's an overblown library to get 36 sampled keyboards into 77 gig and do it at that kind of quality is some doing. So, you know, it's um, really excited about it, really excited about it. It'll be a great success. Oh, interesting. I mean, that, that that's definitely something that uh, you know, wouldn't necessarily see coming. Uh, the thing that I like, I mean, they, they spent quite a lot of time on the Yamaha C7 piano, which does sound like they really went to town on that in terms of, you know, they would, there was a picture of a bloke ironing the felts on the hammers <laughs> that they'd got yeah. from pre-Cold War kind of stores somewhere. I know, Robbie, is it, I know, you know, you must need pianos and these sort yeah. of sounds from time to time. I mean, is this, is this something that you'll probably be adding to your uh, collection? Um, I, yeah, I will do because there's, there's no doubting that to me, they that Spectrosonic set the benchmark so highly with regards to you know the the quality of the way they put together libraries and playable libraries that are instantly usable in so many ways. Um, I, I was a bit like Ty. There was a lot of I mean things like electric pianos and stuff. I I, I very rarely use, and when I do, I I do all sorts of crap to them. So. So having the most amazing Fender Rhodes ever since known sample to man with whatever felt ironed or whatever crumpled or whatever <laughs> doesn't particularly <laughs> excite me. Um, but the the potential to put the sounds in on, in Omnisphere and you know mess around with them and add them with other things and kind of use the kind of more kind of unusual stuff does. So yeah, I will definitely add it to my to my ever um, ever growing collection. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's going to do very well for them. I, I always, I was actually hoping for something that was a little bit more kind of left field in its kind of sound design kind of thinking, but you know, there's always, there's always next year. <laughs> so I'm sure there's well, more stuff in the pipeline. Took 10 years for this one. Uh, yeah. 77 gigs or there's a 30 gig light install that you can do for live uh, performance. Yeah. Uh, 36 instruments. I've got my notes here. I think there's 36. I think uh, it's going to be finally launched September the 12th, uh, 399 US dollars. It's not a cheap thing. You know, I mean, it, 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 the craftsmanship is reflected in the price, I think, or 349 euros. But I guess that's the thing with those, th that sort of stuff. I mean, you go there and, and that would just be all you would need from that kind of stuff. Uh, 
unless of course you then need some organs and some other things I, I, get, I, I find it quite hard to get excited because when you've uh, massive software instruments I just find really I kind of tend to glaze over because it's just preset flip free flip flip I mean presumably you can change stuff and it looks like you can adjust the you know the noise the mechanical noise against the this noise against that noise and that I think will help personalize it but you know like with Omnisphere it's going to be sort of permeate everything possibly I mean I, I was interested you just said that there's a sorry that you said that there's a light version um, I hope that they take that thinking down to Omnisphere because Omnisphere using it live in main stage is an absolute is an absolute nightmare in terms of it you know being unstable with you know any more than one or two patches um, so it'd be nice if they could kind of reverse engineer that thinking because um, those instruments would be great. You know, Omnisphere is such a great instrument for live, but it is, at the moment it's very, you know, it's very CPU intensive. Huh, that's interesting. You could, but maybe there's a way that you can have, like, you play a MIDI file into it or you play your part and it figures out what you need because you're not playing all the notes. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it just sort of stretches samples out a bit so that, you, you know, if you do happen to play that particular note, it w- it'll work, but it won't sound so bad. I don't know, that would be it. Uh, Ty, you were going to come in there. Well, only the fact that I was kind of with Robbie on this one in that I kind of initially I was thinking oh, I thought we we're going to hopefully take do make something more left field and then, but then honestly I thought about it and look everyone on this panel, but you don't use it, do you, Nick? But everyone else uses Omnisphere. Think, you know, just think about this. Where could you really go synth-wise that Omnisphere doesn't already take you realistically? I mean. Well, Omnisphere, sonically, perhaps, yeah. But yeah, sonically, Omnisphere Two is just such a a vast instrument that even if I if even I've got rid of everything else and just used Omnisphere, That's true. I would I would still be I wouldn't have a clue I wouldn't get to the bottom of it for years. We're not talking weeks or months. I mean, it is so deep, and it is so such an amazing sound source and what you can do with it and where you can go with it and now you can input samples and all this kind of thing. It's an incredible piece of software, and I just thought, well, what can they do after Omnisphere in terms of synths? I yeah. thought it was going to be something more along the kind of uh, a, a new version of Stylus. But, uh, oh, please, I hope that's coming. I'd really hope uh, that's coming. Absolutely. Would be, that would be fantastic. But, you know, that's still, you know, I, I, still think it, I still think it's an exciting product. But as you said, Nick, I can understand why a lot of people don't get excited about yeah, these well, huge libraries because they basically serve one purpose, and that one purpose is nothing other than to be as realistic as possible, really. And, well, that actually, and that's one thing that I did. I was watching the video and I watched the play. The one thing I did kind of just get a sense of is, in many ways, that I just thought maybe they'd restored it a wee bit too far. In some cases, it sounded so clean and so perfectly in tune and so whatever that it was just a little bit a tiny bit kind of almost sound it's not auto-tuned but it sort of felt like it was almost synthetic in some cases but the thing is with that is the fact that you can take something that's that clean and you can you can basically detune it and make it dirty and make it right what you can't do is take something that's yeah kind of dirtier and, and more raw and make it clean so they've taken the right approach which is to get it as perfect as possible and then leave it for us to as as you know kind of robbie was saying to dirty up and and make interesting that's you can do that you do it the other way around and i'm assuming as well that when you integrate it with omnisphere it'll just be that when you do the the like essentially the oscillator browsing part the sound source browsing you'll be able to load in the entirety of the multi-sample 
into yeah, it? Yeah, it's like it, it yeah. will it will act. I'm sure it will act exactly the same way as Trillium, which is their base thing, which is essentially when you go to your Omnisphere patches, you get Trillion patches that you can open in Omnisphere, basically, and then use the Omnisphere engine to mess with it. It'll be, it'll be essentially the same as that. Right. So, so, I mean, in terms of left field, I mean, you can just... You can go... Yeah, well, off you marry, go, yeah. Off you go, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Right. Well, September the 12th, I mean, hopefully, because when they launched Atmosphere 2, I remember the demand was a lot more. And, and we're talking, if people, if you've got, let's say, just 100 people trying to download 77 gigs at the same time, what that's likely to need in terms of bandwidth. I imagine their bandwidth calculator algorithms have got to be, you know, I mean, I don't know what the scaling part of that, you know, they must need, you know, they'll probably use up a, a, a measurable, measurable percentage of total global Internet traffic on that day, I'd imagine. <laughs> or just buy the hardware. Oh well, yeah. you could buy. Yeah, you could buy it on. Yeah, you can buy it boxed. So boxed up, right? Okay, that's a good point. Most people are likely to not wait, but uh, yeah, maybe if they if they went through that process before, they might do. Okay, well, um, I think we'll pause there and just have a quick uh, word from our sponsor because it feels like about that time in the show that one does. Uh, let's see if I can get the ad to play. Um, as we know, uh, Isotope are joining us again uh, with news of vocal synth, and here it comes. This is their multi-module vocal processing. Got harmonising. With the Polyvox module. Vocoder, which is your classic sort of vocoder. There's also a CompuVox. Which sounds a bit more like your kind of uh, Sennheiser to me. And a talk box, as I say, without the dribble, and I'll say it again. As with all Isotope products, you can download a demo copy at isotope.com forward slash vocal synth sync outside the Vox. And of course, as with previous weeks, uh, we have competition uh, for you. I'll just announce the winner of last week. Last week, we asked you to tweet the hashtag, uh, I think it was Ultimate Voice and Vocal Synth. And we got a winner. Uh, the, the winner is someone called Dean Edwards 6. That's on the Twitter handle is Dean Edwards 6. And he said uh, his, his, his additional phrase was love robots, which is that's good. That's a, a way to use up some characters. So, Dean, if you want to get in touch, uh, you could use the contact form at sonicstate.com forward slash about. Uh, let us know who you are or you know Facebook, various places, and uh, we'll hook you up with the Isotope people and you'll get your copy of VocalSynth. And, of course, we've got another copy to give away. Uh, this week, we're looking for the hashtag superharmonies and the hashtag VocalSynth. Uh, these are going to be via Twitter that you'll need to enter. So if you tweet with the hashtag superharmonies, one word, and the hashtag vocal synth as one word to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. You mentioned both of those. Then you will automatically get entered and we'll pick you from the uh, winners from next week and announce the winner next week. So once again, we thank Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. Okay, this one's for you, Gaz. This is the Parva, Future Sonus Parva piloted by Geert Bevin Geert Bevin sorry and uh, using the instrument so it's an 8 voice analogue synth with full MPE in fact you can actually it's 8 voice multi-timbral so each voice is a separate voice but he's got them all playing the same but obviously different I think it's uh, filter control pitch and pressure 
playing in the only the way that uh, that gear does. Sounds quite nice, actually. And this also combined with the fact that uh, I think the the Parva is now shipping on October the 19th. You can take pre-orders now. Uh, they're taking pre-orders now. I think I've got a web page here. Uh, if you haven't seen that, that's what it looks like. Uh, it does look very nice, although I'm a bit concerned about the tiny, tiny writing in that LCD just because my eyes are so dim. But uh, I'm sure for everybody else it'll be fine. Uh, you can pre-order now uh, at uh, 999. So, Gaz, what do you make of this? Are you uh, excited? Hello. Oh, Gaz is frozen. I know. Robbie. Let's, yeah. let's try. Robbie, are you there? Gaz seems yeah. to have just frozen. Um, Hello. Yeah, I've... Um yeah, I've, I've been following that parva with interest. Um, had other things not come along, I might well have probably jumped on that. Um, uh, compact, I, I think I think it's fair to say you can you can choose a different mode with those displays to to display the writing bigger. Ah, thank you. I think you can display it bigger with at the expense of less information, but you can. There is a different mode mode of viewing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a really. I, I've I've always thought that would be a really neat instrument. I, I need to hear a bit more to hear what it sounds like. But that was kind of the obvious thing to happen, wasn't it? With the with that in that the, the MIDI they've implemented. What's that MIDI special MIDI mode? The USB. Uh, I, uh, yes, I think you can plug directly that's in. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was. It, I thought I thought we were going to see demos with like the Ro the Roly or or the Lin instrument with it as soon as it was around. Um, but yeah, I I. I, I I think it's a lovely little instrument, that. I hope it does well. Yeah, I'm wondering whether, I mean, it looks like there's a host mode possible, so I'm wondering if the Roly would work with that. That would be kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It? I heard, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I think it's probably a little bit of a shame for them that they couldn't get that instrument out, like, eight months quicker. Because I have, yes. a, feeling, I have a feeling that, you know, come January, who knows what else is coming out, that it may be suddenly become a bit of a... Uh, a, a small fish in a big pond situation but anyway well yeah it's got a lot of compete because we've got loads more stuff to talk about i don't know uh while i try and get gaz back ty is this uh, is this something that's on your shopping list have you pre-ordered will you pre-order do you know what exactly the same as robbie on this one um i've been watching this from day one and initially thought well yeah this looks great and then then it just kind of disappeared and everything i heard i just kind of thought yeah it's it sounds sounds good it sounds okay but i mean for me personally it doesn't really do anything that i haven't got apart from as you say lovely compact form i think it looks great i think uh, the screens although they're small i like the idea of it i like everything about it um but it doesn't really do anything that i don't already have so i mean i won't be having one but exactly as robbie said i think the problem is really with this is that if it had come out a few months earlier before all the Behringer, before all the stuff that's coming out now, never mind, as you said, what's coming out in January. Um, I think they might struggle a bit, but I hope they don't because it's good to see new synths coming out. But the way that it's been used with the, um, uh, with the Lin instruments is, is, is great. You know, that sounds good. And if it does work with Roly, that's even better. Actually talking about Roly, it's nice to know that lots of companies are now starting to take Roly seriously. And, um, yeah. It's quite a few sample libraries that are coming out now that have specific patches, uh, you know, as Roly setups. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, they just yeah, bought yeah. FX. They bought F expansion, didn't they? Just announced yeah. that recently as well. So, which is, yeah. I mean, that's great news because F expansion are, are, you know, make some great products. And obviously, they had an, some kind of integration because when you bought the Seaboard, uh, you got a kind of stripped back version um, of Decam. Is it Decam? 
I think it was. Yes, you, I think that's their synth, yeah. Yeah, that you could, you know, kind of run just just with the the rolling. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. Sample libraries that are coming out with extra patches, contact patches now that are specifically set up for Roly. So that's that's really good to see. So it's nice that these alternative controllers are... Um, you know yeah uh, i mean it could it could be you know if, if some if they get the roly working with it this is the, precisely the sort of thing that could get people excited because it's like hey i can plug that in and i've got like this expressive thing gaz i don't know if you're there i can see an icon but i can't hear anything are you uh, are you with us can you hear me i can hear you i've just but we can't see you but that'll okay. do for now yeah. ha, so uh, i know you've been very you've been gassing about the the parva for a while haven't you and is this now uh well incident i mean Interestingly, if it had, if it had have come out earlier, I probably would have bought it rather than the um, Electron Analog Four um, for MIDI based purposes. Um, but I've been doing quite a similar thing that we saw in the video with the instrument, but using the Analog Four because you can use the Analog Four almost like an MPE. It's just a, a little bit more long winded. <laughs> I like the picture. Yeah, well, I'm just doing better. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking on the fly. You, you're lucky. You should see what I got for Ty when his uh, his video went down. Um, but uh, so so yes. Yeah, so I thought it was really cool seeing that. And, and I mean, you know, the thing to remember with the Parva, the Parva, so future thinking in its design, having that USB port on there. Uh, so yeah. So the instrument. What a brilliant hookup. Very little equipment needed instrument parva one usb cable and power yeah for the parva uh so uh i can imagine that being just a perfect a perfect mix i mean what's been interesting for me using the instrument in the last uh the last month or so um is that i've tended to notice that i'm making more sounds the same <laughs> because i'm and it's just something i'm thinking about um uh, I wonder if other people may be finding this as well, that if, if you have uh, filters that open on every press, you tend to sort of slide the fingers a little bit. So you tend to always articulate like a filter movement because of that uh, y-axis y kind of, uh, certainly with the instrument. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful and completely controllable, but I do keep finding that I'm making sounds sound quite similar. And it was funny watching the Geert's uh, demonstration. I thought what he was playing was the same sort of thing that my things have been sounding like. <laughs> really? Too, yeah. So just because of that articulation, it's beautiful, but it is, you know, it does create that. It's, it, it create, I see what you mean, yeah. I don't know if you'll be able to get any video coming on, Gaz. I mean, because uh, just, just if there's an opportunity, that'd be great, but it's not, not a deal breaker. Um, well, basically, I, I mean, like I said, I think if this was, if they compare this up nicely, then, you know, it could be a big seller for both, you know, both things. Because MPE, certainly on the Roly, it's fantastic to play with the uh, with the, the built-in uh, instrument. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it Equator? Yeah. Equator, yeah. Uh, um, but that's kind of it when it comes to getting the most out of that. So it'd be great to be able to have some, certainly some hardware, because that's what it's... What's the price on the Parver? I haven't followed it for a few weeks. Uh, it's nine 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 US dollars pre-order. So you know it's it, it's about the same price as the as the Behringer, yeah. yeah, which is difficult to yeah. I mean that, but it may well have course, more capabilities. And of course, then there'll be the desktop Behringer as well, which obviously there's been pictures posted of. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be quite a disruptive thing in that point. But, yeah. but you know, different at the same time. I mean, yeah, you know, different. I think the par- the path has got more waveforms and presumably, yeah. uh, you know, other aspects to it as well. Okay. Right. Uh, let's move on. Oh yeah. Okay. There's another one. This is a shot I always wanted to use. Oh, this is a gas one. This isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. I always wanted to use that. It's like the uh, the Steven Spielberg um, dinosaur puddle shot. I always Jurassic wanted to Park. use that somewhere in a, in a product video. So this is uh, the new Volker kick, which is kind of based, this paired up with a sample, which is based on, uh, I think, the resonant frequency filter of the MS-20. Presumably the high-pass filter, because that's the way you generate those super low harmonics. And I think that's Tatsuya um, doing the uh, demo as well, which is nice to see. Quite a sort of mono-skilled type of instrument by the looks of things. I'm not going to play the whole thing because, you know, you can watch it yourself. But, yeah, so this is one of many new Korg items, in fact, because we've also got, um, there's, uh, let me see, there's the uh, Volker Kick. We've got the uh, ARP Odyssey module. We've got the Micro Korg S, which appears to have speakers and white and a bit more patch memory. And these rather interesting metronomes, which uh, I was interested in. But I'm, I'm going to come to you first, Gaz. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be joining your Volker, um, your Volker collection, do you think? Oh, I think so. I think it's brilliant. I think... Um, I knew you would. <laughs> okay, why? Justify why it's brilliant. I'm not sure I agree, but... Okay. In a way, I think this is almost like... Um, I love this idea of just like little virtual... Uh, not virtual plugins, real physical plugins. And this feels almost like it's just a plugin almost. You know, it's just a very fixed focus. You'll be able to do stuff on that that will be so exciting and sonically juicy uh it it, it's amazing i think it's a brilliant idea you know rather than expanding and trying to make it thing that does loads it's just it's gone the other way just focusing on 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 that one thing and uh, i think the shit that the sad thing is though is that the volker beats the kick was the nicest part of the volker beats um and the you know the snare was. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think we're going to get a Volk Volker hat? Yeah, Volker I, 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 it's kind of like an idea, isn't it? It's basically like the tip top audio idea. You might well see individual units for the individual thing. I like that. I think well, I, I have to say, I mean, the, the, I, in in uh, in in answer to your, uh, I think it's good. I mean, this is more expensive, admittedly, but the Jomox M Base. 11 is a really really good kick machine that does a load of different things and it's massive you know i mean it's yes it's more expensive but it's honestly if you want kicks it's a million times you know well and no, i say that but how, how do i know it's a million times better but it's a lot more flexible because you've got all sorts of different partials you could create you know 909 type kicks also you know it's a kick there's, there's there's a lot of different kind of kicks and kick synthesis in there which is kind of more flexible okay it hasn't got the sequencer but really i mean how often do you need a motion sequencer for uh, a kick drum? i reckon if that's what it's all about though you, know? you do yeah, I think it's a sequencer. It's that, it's that fact of it just being there, bang, you just get something banging. And, uh, and like the, that, that module you just shown there, that's all very well and good for a studio and for a very sort of thoughtful approach. But, you know, I think, the, you know, Volkers are like little punky kids, aren't they? You know, just snot, <laughs> snotty, punky kids. It's like, and that thing's going to be bag full of attitude. I just think, uh, I would just love to see some kid, you know, a, a, 
at some sort of talent show, turning up, you know, like an eleven. Just doing, yeah. With what? Just with just that. I'm just that and, and rapping or something. Yeah, no, I take your point. And that, that, you know, and maybe yeah. we'll see that. Maybe we'll see someone turn up on uh, Britain's Got Talent or X Factor or one of those things with a Volker performer. I don't know. Um, the other stuff is interesting, though, as well. I, I know, uh, Ty, you, you were expressing an interest in the, cor- uh, the, uh, the, the Carp Odyssey, as it's been called, desktop. That seems like something that, that yeah, uh, floats your boat. Yeah, that's got. I mean, basically, I always loved the idea when they did the reissue. But I, I mean, people know my feelings on mini keyboards, and um, uh, you know, I made the mistake of buying the MS Twenty when it came out with mini, and I can't cope with mini keys. I have sausage fingers, and it just feels like every time I play it, it just feels like a toy. So I got the MS Twenty M, which feels great. So this will basically just join that and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just can't wait for the desktop version. Did you build the MS Twenty N M? Because I love that thing. I wish I could have yeah. held on to that. I think it's yeah. a. Br- I think it's what the MS Twenty should always have been. Myself. Absolutely, completely agree. It's fantastic little thing. And so this joining that will be um, a definite. The only decision I've got to make is: do I go for the white one or the black one? I think I'm going to go for the white. To be fair, but um, but but so that's fantastic. Really excited about that. As for this, the Volker kick thing. I see this very much like, um, oh God, I mean, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. I see this like a TB303, really, which is, you know, when the 303 came along with the 606 back in 1980, whatever it was, 283, 283. Um, everyone didn't kind of get it. And I mean, I still don't get the 303. I absolutely don't. But um, but it's that kind of, it's do exactly like Gaz said. I think it's when you start making instruments like this, do what they really shouldn't be doing. And going into a world that is kind of off the wall and you're making it do things that isn't its natural territory, that's when it will become interesting. The idea of just having this just to do four on the floor. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But to actually go off the wall and do things that, you know, I see it very much in the 303, which means that in... 20 years time people will be saying how amazing you know yeah they'll be changing hands for a, mil- a million credits on uh, what, what yeah. are the what are the shames well, though is that, that there's a good sequencer that the volker sequencer has taken another step forward with the with the kick one hasn't it it's got you can uh, do much better sa- uh, ch- pattern chaining now ah it. i didn't see that okay yeah well, that's something yeah. So that, yeah, bear, to bear that in mind, I think that's cool. Maybe we'll get a proper Volker I know, Robbie, any of these uh, new Korg uh, offerings uh, float your boat? Maybe the metronome? No, I mean, uh, that's a clever idea. I mean, I, I, I've been over to Kaz's and noodle-doodled around on his with him. And, uh, you know, been on a camping trip where he noodle-doodled around with him around the campfire. Um, but, <laughs> you know, they're, they're good. They're good. They're good fun instruments. Like Gaz said, the thing about those Volkers, it's all about... They're just a little bit sort of like sort of without thinking, just create something. You know, they're not trying to be too refined. So, I think they, I think that thoroughly fits in with the ethos of you know people who buy into those. It's kind of like, it's like a, you just got to have the whole set. If you know, it's like you know you you have to feel like it's part of a little ecosystem of of, like Lego. of new fun music making things. And I think I think from that point of view, they're great. I just wanted to actually, slight aside, I don't know if you talked about this last time or another time, um, I was a bit confused that Roland were bringing out a TB303 boutique We've when there's already the one, the TB3, uh, yeah. that they already brought out the year before. Yeah, well, no, that's going to be Hold next. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. That's next. 
I'll be next. But yes, I agree. I mean, I, I would say, but while we're still on the subject of Korg, okay. I was just going to quickly throw this one in. This is the uh, these metronomes. There's a series of metronomes. One's for golf swing, which is a bizarre thing. But these synchronized metronomes, it seems like a kind of pretty cool idea. So what you do is you set your tempo and then you beam it to somebody else wearing the same thing and you're all on the same tempo. I just think that actually... There's probably got some quite useful uses uh, for such a little utilitarian thing. I mean, it's a very basic kind of... Oh, no, hold on. There's a video. What does that do? Let's, uh, I haven't... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you can sync your metronome. Oh, Gosh, that's that, really music would, that music would sound better if it went out of sync, I think. I think you're right, yeah. I think it would sound better if it was binned all together, the music. Yeah, no, I think I'll, I'll skip that. I must admit, I didn't find that video until just now, and I think I'm I'm really sorry I've inflicted that oh, upon oh. the listening public. I do, But I thought that's kind of a cool idea. It's kind of a bit yeah. like the, um, uh, what's the, 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 the link thing that they do in uh, for, for the uh, apps? I can't remember what it's called now. Is it, um, you'll, you'll know, Gaz. Wist. Wit, yeah, Wist. It's kind of like that concept. Oh, yep. And uh, Ty's holding up his uh, his Kickstarter metronome. Yeah, the Pulse thing, which is exactly the same concept. Uh, this all links in uh, to other ones, but you can either have them controlling one another or from one phone, or you can have them linked into your door. Um, the difference is with this, as well as just playing a beep in your ear, it actually vibrates on your wrist as well, or your leg or wherever you want to wrap it around um, as well. But and the yeah. good thing about that one, of course, is that it doesn't make you look like a, a businessman sort of five years ago who had a terrible, tragic Bluetooth phone headset. <laughs> <laughs> Which those ones look like. They, they do <laughs> look a little bit like... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm very busy and very important. I'm talking to somebody. I'm expecting a very important call at any second to do with discount on a set of UPVC windows. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know what you mean. Yeah. The first yeah. thing I thought, was, you, obviously you can't wear in ears when you're when you've got those on yes. well whether it's you know it's a different kind of first that's the first thing i thought was what a great idea but you can't wear in ears so it's instead um, of that isn't it because it's, it's rely on the fact that you want to hear all the people around you in the air yeah and there's it? music there's there's synchronized music players as well except that wasn't quite because they're preset patterns it's for ballroom dancing so there's like you know all the cha-cha-chas and things and you can basically all wear the same thing and practice without having a sound set so you and your partner have the same music in your ears That's but it, uh, it but but it's it's uh, accompaniment it's like auto accompaniment in your earpiece but you know this technology is kind of a little bit of a, a left field it's an interesting area to explore one, i guess one thing i would say which i uh, we had this talk on tour because we're on tour when we were tour. OMD were on tour with us as well, and um, Andy McCluskey and both um, Paul Humphreys they were both using one in ear, and it's really bad using one in ear because uh, when you don't have both of them in and you want to hear stuff out here and you want to just hear localized vocal or whatever in one ear, you don't realise it, but you actually. Well, because of the psychoacoustic effect, you t you end up turning that one ear up way louder than you think it is, and so you might have your pack on like nine and think you're you know that's a quite a comfortable level when but but actually you know it's really bad for your ear, your hearing. So oh, I, I, okay. all these things where you only just have one thing in your ear, I'm very skeptical of them. So for instance, on tour, Andy McCluskey he, he finally relented and put both his ears in. Um, and relied on that as opposed to having wedges as well. And he dropped his in-ear monitoring level from like nine on his pack down to five. 
Right. So, so, you know, so I, I, yeah, I'm a little bit sceptical about things that are just always going in one ear while you're hearing stuff from elsewhere. Anyway, yeah, I, the, the thought of having a beep, beep, <laughs> like... Yeah. Can you go, oh, it's not loud enough, I'll just turn up a bit more, a bit more, a bit oh, more. Oh, yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah, fair enough. I'm sure there's protection in there, Corgo responsible manufacturers. Anyway, well, um, that was those things. That's kind of interesting. Uh, the other thing that's come up, um, in, uh, I did actually get a call from Roland. We tweeted these pictures when we found them, uh, and they asked me to take them down. Uh um, because uh, for God knows why, but I mean it, they're everywhere. So the other news is, and I think it's something you were talking about, Robbie, was the the concept of this uh, uh, th- these new. So there's here's a, a new. I, I think I'm not sure if it's a boutique or whether it's a, an IRA uh, system. There's a 303, and it looks like there's a, a system eight, and then there's this 909, which they do look quite nice, actually. I have to say, but. <laughs> I'm wondering uh, what they do, because the, the thing about the TR-08, this is on Fact Mag if you're interested, but you can find it pretty much anywhere. If they're, not the, if they're the same as the TR-8 or the TB-3, kind of what's... I, I guess the TB-3 will be different, but the TR-8, I'm not quite sure well, why you would... I mean, apart from what it looks like. Well, that's what, I, that's what I was confused about, because essentially, wasn't the TB-3 meant to be a modern realisation of the sound of the tb 303 in just a more yeah kind of meant to be in a different kind of looking package well all that smacks to me of is basically people were like no no we don't want reimagined things we just want clones of the original stuff and so they've kind of thought well we've already got the 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 kind of the electronics done we just have to repackaging it in a different bit of plastic ah yeah well maybe i don't know we don't know yet obviously on the ninth that's going to be the day when we find out yeah i think think unfortunately i think robbie i think you're right i think that it is literally just for idiots like me that just just look at it and go hey it's a 909 again hey it's a three although you won't have me saying three or three and and then fall for it and i think i think they i think they are boutique i mean i can only say what everyone else says i mean i've only seen what everyone else has seen but they do look like boutique and um I kind of see it the same way that Robbie was talking about the Volcalot as a kind of a little family, and because I've got the other yeah, you've got to have you've got to have them all. I'm it's like vinyl them. collectibles, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> and it's I'm already sitting there again. The 909 because I used to be a, I used to have a 909 and used to you know use it quite a lot. So the 909 is a definite. The VP um, one. Oh yeah, I've got a picture. Yeah, that, that one. Looks good. That one actually looks quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. This is like based on the VP330, which was a bit... I think uh, uh, Tamita used to use it. I wonder if this was slightly inspired, because obviously Tamita passed away uh, some time back, and maybe... That's interesting to me, that one. Yeah, Yeah. only four voices, maybe. Uh, Sorry, carry on. I saw people saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice if they brought out a Juno 60 boutique? And it's like, they just brought out a Juno (laughs) boutique last year. I mean, it's like, how much different is a Juno 60 boutique going to be to the Juno 106 one, the 06 they've already got? It's just like, come on, it's just to get silly eventually, doesn't it? Go, carry on, Ty, yeah. I take your point. Just serial numbers next. Um... (laughs) So, so, yeah, so, so the VP, you know, I'm there going, you've got to have that. And the 99 got to have that. But then, you know, I do sit there thinking, you know, I've made it very clear for years what I think of the 303. I think the TV 303 is a complete waste of time and was a piece of crap back in 82 and is still a piece of crap. But I know for a fact I will have to buy one for the simple reason that it's 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 got to complete the family. I can't have everyone and then not have a 303. And it's so... Well, it could be like the errant, the errant child, or the spouse of your your beloved daughter that you never really got on with, and you won't have in the house. 
Yeah. Bad. Yeah, it's I, interesting that. I mean, I, I, there's been some talk about this. I mean, obviously, it's all speculation. I would like to add this is all speculation. Um, but the 303, the, the 909, the thing that's different between, between the TR08 and uh, the other drum machines is the pattern chaining, the ability to create more song style stuff. So if they f- address that in the 909, the TR, new TRO, is it TR909 or TR09? I forget which. Then that will be something that makes it a kind of a valid yeah. point. But the, the, the vocoder does look kind of cool and it's got that massive jack on the uh, XLR on the front. And it would be, I mean, only four voices again, because that's the boutique format for those. If it's got more than four voices, it'd be awesome. But I, I'm suspecting it might not. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting is the. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the system eight. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. that, like, this this sounds like it's going to have uh, three plug outs possibly. Gaz, I know mm-hmm. did, you were you were. Uh, I know one of you was quite keen on the system O one. Was it you? Yeah, the system yeah, one? yeah, yeah. I had one for quite a while, and it, it was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, and uh, but, but I think this is just exactly what they should be doing. This, uh, I mean, it does look like it is going to be quite expensive, but I mean, there's a there's what over seventy knobs and faders on there well let's see if we can uh, get a bit closer up on it i mean they'll just they're going to pull on there. the obvious thing is is that you know we all were hoping for like a bigger version of the boutique i guess this is like well, the main frame this, for that whoops, so yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah Jupiter I, eight, plug out the lo- juno plug out and all that yeah. yes well thank you robbie that just stole the words right out of my mouth <laughs> what i thought was going to make up a, a, a number of that 30 releases you know they're putting out 30 new product launches aren't they on uh, yeah on 909 day starting at four o'clock in the morning uk time which i will not be uh present at i well assure I, you, but. it just made me think if they if they launched that the the plug outs of the previous line of um boutiques you know the junos and and the and the jupiter and and the jx as plug outs that would tie in very nicely with this system eight launch wouldn't it because mm, well it system, looks like uh, yeah it, i know it can host three different plug-outs simultaneously. And, and remember, the cool thing is is that those green LED lights will light up depending if the plug-out needs them or not. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Uh, I'm just trying to see what this has got. Uh, it looks like a couple of oscillators uh, and an s- oscillator 3 slash sub-oscillator. That's actually quite impressive. And the other thing is that they've got, oh, no, effect sends and mod sends. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. And it's got a display, which the previous one hadn't. Let's see what else we got going on. Oh, it doesn't look like I can see that. I'm going to have to zoom back out. Oops. Hmm. Oh, dear. Would it be an out. irony if they did a plug-out for the JD-800? JD <laughs> <laughs> a plug-in of a digital plug, you know, emulation. An emulation of an emulation. I think the System A, I have to say, from my point of view, is the first rolling thing in a long time that has is a bit of a must-have for me. I haven't really had that. Yeah, but you bought, all the, you bought all the boutiques. I mean, that was only a few months ago. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't happy. They're not to, real. They, I were, hope it ha- they, were just, they were just nice things because they're little and cute. Um, no, actually, genuine, you know, real genuine excitement about the System A, yeah. I, I think um, I'm excited about that. Simply because, you know, I've only, I've only played limit, uh, limited access to a System 1 and System 1M, and the system one, I actually love the idea, but I couldn't cope with another thing with four note poly and and the keyboard action was, you know, hilarious. And then, well, the, I wonder whether the system eight is going to have the same keyboard action or not. We don't know, no, do no, we? No, yeah? no, it absolutely won't. It, it won't. The system, the, the system uh-huh. eight's got 
proper keyboard. Says and, a man who may not, or may or may not know more than he's letting on. Okay. And the uh, do, do you know do you know what more than anything else they wouldn't make that mistake again because the only real thing that people criticised about the one was the, it was the same action as they had in the PCR one. Do you remember the old yeah, PCR? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I love yeah. that keybed though. On yeah, I don't mind one. it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, lots of people, I lots of people like me. Again, it's coming back to the players thing. I, I I hate it. I've got a PCR one and a PCR one M, and they're great for what they are. But when you hook it up to a synth like that, I no, it didn't work for me. So the Ace, you know, anything that's got essentially, you know, the the functionality of a System One with a better keyboard, with more polyphony, and more importantly, you know, three plugouts. Um, yeah, that does sound pretty cool, actually. And it's, it's got, got chorus on it. This one? Yeah. There you go. Fine. Finally, it's chorus. Got, it's got a chorus. And chorus, then everyone's happy. So, I mean, that's the first Roland synth in a long time that has really made me just go, yep, yeah, okay, that's uh, absolute, you know, got to have. So, I mean, I'm really excited about that. Very excited about it. Okay, well, uh, I'd just like to say uh, we have, we're hopefully have a couple of opportunities to see this. Uh, first of all, KnobCon is happening this weekend. Uh, I think Katie Kilbite's in the chat room and she's going to be there. I know we may get some footage from that because uh, uh, Suit and Tie Guy said that the roller stuff may be there. But if not, I'm going up to BPM on Monday in Birmingham where they will have all of those. And I've got a, a date with David Arlen who's going to show me around all of those. Interests. So I'm going to go and film some video as well. Uh, and uh, that's going to be um, something that we'll have next excuse me next week so we'll have a lot more information you know outside of what's whatever it is that's going to be broadcast on 909 day so i mean we will know more and i mean what a time to be into synths you know i mean it's i i've no, don't think i've ever known a time when there's so much coming onto market i mean is it going to be saturated or you know the more the merrier i don't know what do you think robbie can you have more will you be looking for a, t- a tiny uh, mobile setup <laughs> well no i don't know i don't know i I'm really just, I've, this year I've had a kind of a, I don't know, a kind of a bit of a, bit of a, I don't know, just a lack of interest in gear, because I've just been so busy doing projects and enjoying what I've got. I right. really, I, I don't know whether, I don't know if it's just a thing people go through phases of their musical career or whatever, where they, they've just got massive lust for it, and then other times they're just kind of happy to coast along, or whether you just, after a while, when you had so much gear along the way you just think actually you know you know i'm i'm only going to really invest in things that really excite me as opposed to lots of other stuff that is kind of fun for a while so um i don't know i am I'm, I'm kind of content but I, i'll never say never because you know i'm always buying software and stuff but hardware i think it has to be something pretty special for me to want to to to, to kind of add to the growing number of things Right, I got you. I think I know a man who might have a word to say on the matter. Yeah. Well, no, only because do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, almost probably this time last year, maybe a bit close to Christmas, about eight or nine months ago. Do you remember? I, I remember saying on one of these, "Oh, I've got something to share with you," and I'll and then never. We, I never got to share it with you, but it's basically exactly what Rob is saying now. Is that I'm exactly the same. I go through periods where I just look at so much stuff. And just think, I, I'm so uninspired by a lot of the stuff that's coming onto market. And to be fair, that I don't think it's although there's a lot of stuff come onto market, there's been very little coming onto market that's really given given me genuine gear lust. I mean, there's the huh. Mermix uh, V2 that's really exciting, um, 
I'm hoping that's going to be at KnobCon as well. I really yeah, want to hear well, what really. that sounds like. So, but the, you know, there's not that much that's really got me excited. So, what Gaz is, um, what um, sorry, what Robbie is talking about, I absolutely get. And you know, everyone. I mean, everyone makes this joke that I just buy everything that's out there. I don't at all. I'm really fussy about what I buy. But, it's just there's lots know, of it. Just, you know, yeah, I mean, there, there is lots of it, but there's, you know, I'm, I haven't been that ex- really excited by products for a long time, really. Ah. Well, I've uh, got something you might get excited about. I bought one of these yesterday, uh, and uh, I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm quite a fan of luggage. And uh, we've been, when we go and do these live uh, broadcasts and I do my gigs, I've got these sort of plastic boxes that I carry around, which you have to tape shut, and it's really irritating. And I found on eBay one of these which is a really nice rugged kind of solid pelican like case okay. 20 quid 20 quid oh wow and it's a 500 mil in you know this is quite big it's yeah, a 500 yeah. mil internal depth you know and, and that's going to take and that was uh yeah 20 quid plus a, a tenner shipping but still 30 quid for that i mean that is those things uh, the real thing cost many many times more than that so uh, if you're in the is market i can i mean is that just is a one-off or is this someone just no like... no you can buy them hold on i've got the got the web page up here just oh, look for you just yeah. look for you know so it's just it's got that sort of that kind of stuff going on and you've yeah. got side catches you can get them filled with foam or without actually the one i bought was more expensive i'm just pretending that it was this one i bought this one as well because i need a couple well, so uh, the other so uh that's it in the chat i think if you just search for professional waterproof durable case like pelicans i mean who's the buyer in this captain green dog is the guy i know gaz are you still there you went away have you come back yeah i can't i don't know why i must have to ring out of skype to get my uh uh reload skype i guess maybe to get my camera get your video back uh Uh, but yeah i mean you're not you're not a a massive consumer of synthesizers as such more of that you know you tend to go for the lots of small although you have got the analog four i guess that's probably that's a pretty big investment i guess yeah, I mean that's uh, I, the analog four is specifically for my MIDI bass system, uh, but um, I I like uh, I do like small little modules. I have to say, I think it sort of you know haven't got a great big space here, so um, the little modules I think are brilliant fun. I I, I think um, I don't think there's any shame in them reselling the Ira models again in the 909 and the 303 and no, whatever. no it's funny though isn't it the way yeah. that that the both of the the, the not the 909 but certainly the the 303 uh well and and i think possibly the 808 when they actually came out first time were sort of product flops you know they didn't actually <laughs> really kind of they were probably you know amongst roland's least successful actual at the time of launch and now they're kind of building this legacy back on this on this thing it's kind of amusing sorry i was going to say to be fair uh, to, to temper that i agree i guess the 909 specifically is 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 different animal to the tr8 because the tr8 is kind of a bit of a chameleon because it does the 808 stuff and the 99 stuff and, 626, the, so and all that yeah. this is one this is a specific unit to do through one specific thing so you know, I guess it, you know it is a different animal. Yeah, I think from my point of view is the fact that because I, you know, kind of used to have a nine oh nine, it will just be, you know, kind of muscle memory will just be, it'll just be like using, ah. you know, going back to the old days of using nine oh nine, and and it seems from what I can see, 
it looks like the whole way the whole pattern uh, uh, yeah it doesn't it doesn't have a separate outs though which i think is it, that's the only thing it it really does look like the only thing it doesn't have a separate outs, which would be a biggie if it was a if it was going to be a main drum machine it would be a big thing but you know for what i would use it for it's great and what you're talking about the 303 is i remember when um the 303 was coming towards the end of its life and i'm sure everyone else remembers and soho soundhouse i think yeah. i think it was 89 pounds they were selling the 303 off for and every, they were struggling to sell them off at 89 pounds for a tb303 and they were struggling to get rid of them you know yeah yeah absolutely. it might have been 69 but you know it was something 69 or 89 and they yeah. couldn't get rid of them I remember uh, when I first went up to London, uh, some friends of mine were living in a uh, squat in, uh, um, up near Camden and, uh, they were involved in the warehouse party scene and it was the guy, was a guy called Tim and he was the bass player for eat and he was really into techno as well. And he, I remember going up there and he had a 303 and a 606 together and he was just banging out tune after tune after tune, which was right at the time. It must've been 80, 80 oh gosh something you know early 80s definitely and he had them and they must have been very that now then and he was he was absolutely loving it and they just sat there and just just record stuff and stick it out a white label and kind of you know that was it that was that was his entire music setup outside of the you know the playing in the band thing you know it was just everywhere 606 606 is a great machine i wish they'd yeah. if, if you know, a 606 i'd be there like a oh that ride symbol you just can't beat that ride symbol it's brilliant absolutely brilliant really is well maybe Korg Volker will do a Volker symbol and then you'll be uh, you'll you, you, you know <laughs> you might be or you could always get a Volker sample and put the symbol in the sample oh, anyway there we go <laughs> Uh, is there anything else gosh we seem to have uh, have I got through uh, interesting range of metronomes did the Korg stuff yeah there was no D50 that was the thing that was uh, that everybody was surprised at that seemed to be a dead cert everyone was saying yeah it's going to be a D50 it's going to be a D50 and it I know Dave's, 50. the Boutique 50 Right. The uh, the D five. No, what? You couldn't have a D five because there was a D five, wasn't there? And a yeah, D ten. So maybe they'll do. Do you think they'll do it? Sorry, guys. Yeah, come on. Well, you're talking about D fifty, and obviously the D fifty didn't have hardly any controls on it. So they're talking about a D fifty. <laughs> Just be a load of buttons and a big LCD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that yeah. Um, so they, or, they, They'd have to put some controls on the front, and it just got me thinking. Why? Was there was there an actual controller for the D50 ever? Ooh, yes, I, there was. I think PG there was. PG1000. Oh, all right, I'm going to have to look at that. I'm going to look <laughs> yeah, it up. PG1000. <laughs> Geekheads. PG1000. Yeah. Yeah, I had the PG1000. I had the PG10 to go with the D10. I had the PG whatever for the for the the MKS30, the PG200 for the MKS50, all that shit. Oh my, look at that. That yeah. is that is that is almost like a spreadsheet of controllers, yeah. isn't it? That is just so unattractive. Wow. But, but you see that but this is what they did when they bought out the um JX03 and basically the GX3P didn't have any controls, so they bought it out yeah, the version of the PG200 on it so yeah. they could bring out a d if they really wanted to a d50 version with the pg 1000 on it they wouldn't well, hold on hold on hold on I'm, I'm thinking there's a product range here so you have all the boutiques which are almost inoperable because of the size of the controls mm -hmm. then you bring out a companion boutique which is just the controls and nothing else <laughs> so you don't need so you don't actually need any of the other stuff and it's just a midi controller for the other bit so together they form something that's usable and then then they could double up so you could have the you know you can have the uh, jp08 controller programmer 
Uh, you know, you, they could go on forever, couldn't they? I mean, they? just like the MKS seventy and the MKS eighty. Yeah. Yeah. They've got they've got form. Yeah. So let's go back to nineteen eighty six. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, but I mean, we're not we're not far off that, really, are we? We're just using DSP instead of actual discrete electronics on this one. But so. this is this is what I worry about. This is generally this is what I worry about. Joking aside, is the fact that. Um, you know, everyone calls that everyone wants all this retro stuff and then the retro stuff comes along and it, it's great for what it is. But I do I do get really concerned that I just keep thinking this is great. But this in terms of genuine moving forward with synthesis, we're not really that much further on than where we were in the mid 80s. And I'm just thinking 30 odd years later, keyboard synths that come along that are genuinely genuinely forward thinking and genuinely creative and generally going somewhere new it's it's either in you know kind of software or ipad wouldn't it be amazing to get a piece of hardware that do you know what i mean that just tries well that's gonna that mean that's gonna be happening because it's obviously cheaper easier to develop in software to kind of come up with those concepts if you're then throw i mean you just got to look what happened to the parva guys you know i mean they announced this has been coming 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 for months and months and months i mean uh, more than a year so i mean to make the hardware it was actually really difficult you know and you need to have that that kind of large scale manufacturing base behind you or at least you know the expertise somewhere or you've got to kind of learn it yourself the first time round. so maybe that will happen i mean maybe there will be a, a you know the realization the next phase will be stuff that is designed in software coming out in hardware but it's just again it just needs dsp and control doesn't it i, I mean i wonder whether sorry no, go. no sorry i've got a real bad delay here sorry i, I must be jumping in um i was just going to say i think Ro, all that roland are doing is people have asked for this stuff for so long and they've just got you know they've got a different outlet now they're they've just gonna it. they're just gonna blitz it for the next you know they blitz it over a condensed period, and then they've exhausted anything that people are interested in, and then they just move on. Yeah, you know, that's, that's it's, possible. It's, you know, because I mean, yeah. they can't do it forever. I mean, there's not an infinite amount of products to release that anyone's interested in. So you know, I mean, probably in about another year or so's time or two years, boutique. I mean, there'd be just nothing to boutique. You know, you know, otherwise, just you know. So yeah. That's a good point. That maybe, uh, but then I guess they've got the form factor, and you can chuck some DSP in that. That will maybe you'll get a boutique G, uh, V synth, you know, or something like that. I mean, they've brought, they brought out the chip tone one, haven't they? Which isn't a boutique product based on any retro stuff. Oh uh, yes, is that that? Yes, yeah, that, one. That, that, is that the, the one? The, yeah. Which is kind of a bit of the you know form factor with a bit of a slightly left field thinking. So perhaps there'll be a bit more of our stuff like that. Yeah, but you say what? left field thinking. What going back oh. to? <laughs> computer game from 1981 i know but you know what i mean it's not it's it's not a, it's not pillaging their past they, no, they no. kind of that's really but, somebody else's past well <laughs> I, I actually i you know what i'd completely forgotten about the ao1 and uh, it sort of hasn't really um come to much has it or i don't i mean you know maybe they but it was a controller and it's got a sequencer built in. it's probably got some quite good utility there Has am i right in thinking it's got contrast CV control in it as well. I think it yeah. has, yeah. That's, it's yeah, probably yeah. something, uh, CV, no, CV out and gate out, so you can drive a sequencer off it. So it's probably one of those things that people didn't really, you know, think much of, but somebody is finding incredibly useful somewhere. Yeah. 
Right. Um, oh gosh, time's marched on. I, I, I'm going to have to um, to knock it on the head because I've got uh, I've got to got to get off. But it's been excellent fun as ever. I'm sorry if you were tuning in to see Tara Bush. Uh, she was coming going to come live from her sound check, and obviously these things are, are quite fluid. There are three other bands on the bill, so you know events overtook us, so she couldn't join us. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to get her in while she's in England. Uh, uh, where she's touring with uh, I Speak Machine and uh, Troika, which is, uh, no, I'm trying to remember who those people are. It's uh, Hannah Peel and Kite Bass. And then later she's also got some dates with Gary Newman, which she was doing in the States. So, you know, been doing a lot of live work. And I'm, I wanted to talk to her about that because she never really used to do that. Uh, as have you, Ga- uh, um, Robbie. You've been out in the States for, gosh, yeah. months. I'm new. Yeah. Well, I, I was away and then I got back and then I was away again last week for another week and then back and then off to Australia and november and then off for another 20 date us tour end of november december so wow so, so you must be your live rig must be honed to perfection yeah we're gonna we're gonna we've just had this, this discussion we're just gonna totally redo it again for next year yeah right yeah we're gonna we we had a terrible gig um in vegas which i hope never happens ever again in my career in that it was a hundred and knocking on 120 degrees and it was an outside gig, and basically none of the equipment, not let alone our equipment, virtually none of the equipment could survive because, like, things like MacBooks are rated to work up to a maximum of 105, and literally solder starts running on the on the circuit boards and oh attaching God. to SSDs and stuff. And you put fans on it, and it's just like putting a hairdryer because there's nothing, there's no cold air to draw into a fan. So. We did this. We did this gig, and as soon as we started, everything crapped out, and basically it was it was just a disaster. And Howard had to keep doing acapellas, and my rig stopped working four or five times. And we started oh like doing God. things like putting ice packs underneath computers, and they started melting. So it's like we was on a waterbed, you know, within wow. minutes. It was just like it was just like the worst possible thing ever. I was only consoled by the fact that I heard the next night Duran Duran were there and exactly the same thing happened to them. So, you know, it's just the thing of taking out laptops. So what we've decided to do is we're gonna put up we're gonna get a rig of Mac Minis and all the all the tech all off stage, all wrapped up and we're gonna just have fan systems in it and you know, not have computers on stage in full on sunlight and stuff. So yeah. Gonna oh, right. So you're gonna have a, you're gonna have an aircon rig. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. Yeah, because I mean, wow. it's just I'd I'd rather just not do those type of gigs because that coupled with wearing skin tight jeans and and tight fitting velvet jackets is, is not really conducive. <laughs> yeah, but you should put something in the contract that just says if it's over a hundred degrees, I'm sorry, it's not it's not possible. That sounds awful. Anyway, so, yeah. Wow, I don't know, guys. You you could probably. Uh, Yes, that sounds all. I mean, at least I, I don't know what, what whether stringed instruments or amps would even work in that kind of heat. I mean, that's just insane, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I had the op- I had the opposite though of playing an outdoor gig in uh, February that was just nobbling. It was so cold, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like. Like uh, like fr- frost was forming on my strings, you know. Wow! <laughs> Did you have an icicle off your nose? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, uh, my my moustache was formed into like a yeah, like deadly deadly spikes. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so cold. It was so cold. Uh, and it was trying to play funk as well. Um, oh, yeah. cold cold stone cold funk. That sounds like some kind of a, an album title. There, there's probably. A, <laughs> A genre, it's like Helium House, you know, or whatever, yeah. 
Wow. Uh, well, anyway, that's uh, thanks for those extra tales, uh, those bonus anecdotes. Fantastic. Um, so I think really we should probably knock it on the head because it's been a long day. Uh, and I want to say thank you very much to Isotope for sponsoring the show. In fact, if you uh, want to win a copy of uh, Isotope's vocal synth, the vocal processor, vocoder and harmonizer, you want to tweet the hashtag superharmonies and the hashtag vocal synth to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for everybody for watching. Thank you very much, Ty and Win. And I'm so pleased to see you in, in, in full resolution. It's been, it's been such a long time, it feels like. Yes. So thank you for and thank the rest of your family for giving up their home entertainment so this is possible. <laughs> will do. Great to be here. And uh, I guess next time we'll talk we'll be uh, talking about what actually happened on 909 day. And also Robbie Bronman thank you for joining us too. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. Yes, your network is deteriorating fast. You're it's, merging into the background. <laughs> it's just it, it's shocking here. It's shocking. That's the only problem. I've, I've got a maximum of three and a half up and 200 kilobytes down wow well it seems to have held up pretty well so far so yeah thank you very much for joining us robbie and uh, we'll see you again soon and gaz as well mm. has been limp limping through somehow with mm. no video but thank you gaz for joining us i'm hoping to see you uh, later in the week uh, where we can uh, take a look at your thoughts on on various pieces of equipment we're going to review Ooh, anyway thank you yeah excited about that yeah that's going to be good fun okay thanks Let, yeah thanks everyone Okay, that's it for this week. That was episode uh, three, I know, 462. If you've been watching on YouTube or anywhere else, please do subscribe. Uh, it's the best way to get stuff. We've got a lot of more things coming, as I say. I'll have some more information on the new IRA com uh, uh, coming up from BPM, which I'll be filming on Monday. So do stay tuned. That'll be up on YouTube. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>